Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Thriller Podcast. How you doing tonight, Mike? Hey, I'm good because I'm taking the W on this one. I am taking the win. One point on Team Martini. I got Chris Furman to read Sons of Valor, and he's hooked on Andrews and Wilson, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, yeah, because I crushed it. And well, I was I was I was a little behind. We were supposed to record this on Tuesday, but we had another pod to record. Anyways, but then I started reading it, couldn't put it down or, or couldn't take it out of my ear. And then I loved it so much I needed to know the next book that I'm already twenty uh I'm already twenty-four chapters into book two at the time of recording. So we will be quickly recording part two of this pod with Sons of Valor Two, which may even be better than Sons of Valor One. Like it's it's that good. Yeah. That's so that's the the vaunted one that has a perfect score. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna push you on that score in that pod. But anyways, we're here to talk Sons yeah. of Valor One today. So Yeah, we're gonna have to revisit that, but I'm just thinking of this one. I'm I'm also trying I'm trying to find a way not to just go 50 out of 50 again, you know, loving what these guys are putting out there. But there's a sticking point which we're going to have to talk about, a sticking point that might make me roll things back a little bit. But when it comes to the writing, the characters, the plot, the setting, the action, these guys don't miss a beat. It's just such yeah. a well-rounded novel and a, and a thrilling, thrilling universe to be in. Yeah, no, and it's, you know, I've only read book one of tier one. And the only reason I've re read that series was because it was offered to me for free on Amazon. Um, when I had, uh, what was that service called with the Kindle? I don't know if they still uh, have unlimited. it, but unlimited. unlimited. Um, yeah. Do they still have that? Yeah, they still have unlimited. I, I don't know what books... Yeah, like the books are constantly changing. So their publisher does a good job. They do a lot of sales on the first one in the series or give it away like 99 cents, buck 99 or Kindle Unlimited. But then you have to go back and buy the rest. Like I remember, right, right. I think I read Actually, no, Sons this might have been given to me. You, you you have Prime, so you get like the you get to choose a free book every month. Oh, a book a month. Yeah, yeah. They I think were tier on. I think tier one was tier one. was on there, and I just I saw the cover because it's like that cover with like it's like slightly slanted. The operators going down, like yeah, yeah, the city yeah, yeah. and yeah. shooting, and I was like, oh, that seems interesting. I'll, I'll think, take that one. I think I've I read Sons of Valor first, and I think it was on Scribed at the time, which is now the Everand mm. app, and it right. has not since on there anymore. Off. Yeah, yeah, but they I think. Also, like Dark Intercept, that was unscribed at first, but then he had to buy the other ones. Same with Tier One. I think one of them popped up on it once, and then the rest you'd have to buy. And I it's remember it's like reading, enticing you. It, it exactly, it's drawing you in. And some series that would piss me off, I'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, no way." I read the first one. I'm I'm good. These guys, though, you read the first one and you want to rip through everything. Now, I haven't done that for Tier One. So, like you, I read the first one and I read one other Dempsey book. And I think I read it because of the ending of this one, <laughs> how Theobald and the guys are sitting around and heels and they're talking about this guy they knew. Right. And I was like, oh, man, I got to read. I got to read some Dempsey. And I know there's a book in the tier one series came out just a year ago called Dempsey. So right. I, I want to get to that. But we got a lot to read. So, yeah, I love everything these guys are writing. Yeah. And then they sprinkle. They do a good job of sprinkling in, especially when now that I'm in the second book, like sprinkling in a little bit to let you know that this is definitely part of the tier one universe, the, you know, the tier one shared world as, as the Amazon uh, plot says. And speaking of Amazon, you know, 
we don't always we used to cover it like every time but you know kind of like they're all all the scores were kind of the same so i stopped like bringing it up but i will bring it up this time because in doing my like accounting for this for tier one it has on goodreads a 4.53 and on amazon a 4.7 that is Dude. astounding and I'll say, like, it, it has a solid, like, 3,000 reviews. So it's not just, like, one of these ones that only has, like, a couple hundred reviews. That's a lot. You know, not, not yeah. as much as, like, Mitch Rapp or Brad Thorgett. Within, we're talking in the tens of thousands. But it's a decent amount of reviews, and everyone liked it. Yeah. Or most everyone liked it. Like, that, that is really good. And I, I have to totally agree with them. Yeah. No, I agree completely. If you ask me, of the books that we've covered on the pod what will have the highest Amazon Goodreads rating, I would put this and my and Damascus Station up there. Like, I think these are some of the finest books we've ever covered on this podcast, minus a couple of the really big Mitch Rat books, you know, your Memorial Day, Consent to Kill, and minus maybe like a Lions of Lucerne. But like, I, I these are up there as some of the best of the best of what the thriller verse has to offer. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. I think those scores definitely reflect some of the things you and I are going to be talking about today for sure. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to dig into this one. Well, let me just kick it off as well with a limerick because the all these characters deserve to be mentioned. I tried to fit as many as I could in here. So There once was a seal named Chunk with Saw and Riker got spunk. Heels in her team Catch Hamza and Kasim, as always, tier one's a slam dunk. Boom, baby. You got them all. You got all the players in there. I had to. Had to. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I, I really want to spend a lot of time, you know, talking about the characters. and Because I, I feel that, you know, this is our first time talking about an Andrews and Wilson book book we I've, i was there for the first andrews and wilson interview and, and you interviewed you've interviewed them since by yourself but we haven't actually covered an andrews and wilson book on the pod and i guess we should say we have the third sons of valor now so you and i will get to share a new experience right because exactly. i haven't read that one either and then have them back on soon yeah and i just think the the character development in this book you know and i i'm led to believe that chunk obviously has appeared in some of the tier one series so that he's like a spinoff character, but you know, right. not as a, a playing alongside Dempsey, but here I, we, I'm immediately drawn to him and he's like this solo guy, but a great team leader. And it's really cool one to see not only the building of, of the good team, but at the same time, we get to see the building of, you know, the bad, the villain. We got to see, we get to see yes. both of these these guys. Or it's not quite Chunk's origin story, but his origin story as a tier one seal. Later. And at the same time, we get to see Hamza and Kasim building up this this new Al um, Al Qadar, you know, and and then really the birth of a new terrorist, a new villain in Kasim, which was very interesting. Yeah, and because there's you know I think we're gonna get into this. There's definitely points in time where like you can't you feel for Kasim. Yeah. And like you can see how, you know, you want to like, I want to root for, like, not root for him, but just like, I, I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, you, you do. You, yeah. You don't, don't go down that path. And you're, you're, you, you succeeded. You have like this great life. You had this education. Like, come on. But you understand that, like, what was everything was taken from him? He had scars. Yeah. And 
when he cracks, man, that's just like it's it's hard. It, it's hard. Like, it, it it's like a slow recruitment, the slow tumble, and he's being manipulated not only by his best friend, he's also being manipulated by this very charismatic person in Hamza. You're right. I, as much as I love Chunk and Heels and Saw and, oh, my God, everybody, I think the best part of this book might be Hamza's recruitment of Kasim and watching him slip and tumble and go down that path and realizing this is how radicalization happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the closest people to you use you for their purposes make you feel like you're they make you feel wanted and accepted they find that vulnerability in you and they prey on it and they're they're predators and soon enough you're doing things you never thought you would do but at the same time it's bringing you a feeling you never had a little bit of closure from losing your father your sister it's almost bringing you healing doing these things which is strange to say and he even like he wrestles. I love how every time it's brought up, he wrestles with the word terrorist. Right. Yeah. He's he like, hates, he can't even say it. He can't, he can't, he can't say, say it. Yeah. He's so blind to it. But I think I also wrestle with that. Like he's vul- He's so vulnerable that. So like, who's a real terrorist? Is it, is it a true believer like Ishan? Is it a mastermind like Hamza? Mm-hmm. Is it just somebody who has a skill set and is manipulated into doing the dirty work of the other two? They're all terrorists, but in very different ways. And to watch that play out here, it just was so real. I couldn't believe it. And then it comes to a head right when you think everything wrapped up. We've been on this entire journey. What did you think of that conversation with Deba at the end? Because Deba throughout, mm. you you just want him to get with her. You want him to have a normal life. You want him to go back to England. You want him to just go back to his roots and say, everything that happened to me damaged me in so many ways, but there's a light, there's a path, and that path was Deba. And when it comes to a head with that conversation, and and she's sobbing and revealing, I knew everything Ishan was doing to you, and I believed in you. I thought you would repel it. I wanted to be with you because I, I knew they would never convert you to this garbage. But they did, and she has to submit to that. I thought that conversation was incredible. I made a list of things, setting, plot, villains, good guys. Let's add dialogue. Just the depth right. of the dialogue is another knock out of the park for these guys. Yeah, deciding to like close out the book with that, you know, and having be have it that their final interaction him saying I will, like be yeah. like yes. the ending, like it's just like it's very intense. But yes. even like right before that where we get the reveal that Ishan was not who we thought he was. You know, we thought he was like this, just this follower. But in, in fact, he was the true mastermind. Yeah. And, you know, Hamza is is just like the figurehead. But the in actuality, guy. the logistics guy. But in actuality, Ishan was the one yeah. who orchestrated it. He, he manipulated him. He brought him to Deba, like set this up, recruited yeah. him, knew that he, what, he would be forced to do this. Not a good friend. <laughs> not a good <laughs> no, friend at all. No, no. And to think that Chunk and the guys kill the leader essentially, and they don't even realize it. I mean, Dude, that's I guess Hamza twist. is, yeah, like Hamza is, you know, going to take over that role. And I'm, I'm eventually, it's it's definitely steering towards. Like, I'm getting this feeling that Kasim is is going to be, 
have to go down that road and it will be elevated to the ultimate leader, you know, whatever I, I haven't got, I, I, you know, not spoiling any part of book yeah. is just pure speculation. So, but to think that the guys don't even realize who they killed and in doing so they're like spurring like even more hatred within Kasim. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's crazy. And it sets up the next book. Like, yeah, it perfectly, perfectly. Sometimes you have a very on the nose, almost, I might say cheap, way to set up the next book everyone lives happy happily ever after and then a bomb goes off or right right everyone lives happily ever after and then you get a phone call but this is a setup for the next book that's built into the plot already with a twist that was believable when it happened and it didn't need to be a cliffhanger because i wouldn't call that a cliffhanger no like, it would be a cliffhanger if we don't know what happened and we're waiting for clarification. We get the clarification of what happened. But what keeps us coming is that we're so invested with the characters. We don't need, like, that Brad Thor, she gets shot in the head and is laying there in a pool of blood cut to black, you know, which is great in its own right. And it's a device that that can work. But when you have characters this deep and relationships this deep, that's what you keep coming back for. You right. want to see if heels will grow into the role and be more self-assured. You want to see if Chunk will get it right this time, the way he apologizes to her and say, I let you down by throwing you into the fire without proper warning. That's on me. Now that they've cleared the air, Heels has been in action. She's training at the end, learning how to shoot. It's like game time. We're ready to go. We didn't need a cheap device or cliffhanger. We're ready to go because we want to see these characters at their best, good and bad. Right, right. Yeah, no, and then like, you know, I said like this building up of these characters, the character development, you know, the interaction between heels and or Whitney and and Chunk, and you know, bringing on the team, you know, Saw Riker, who are also characters that have been shown in the this tier one universe, you know, bringing them together and seeing them mesh and mesh quickly and operate efficiently. Like I think this book has the perfect balance of humor. Yeah, oh, for uh, sure. Of seriousness, yep. of tactical descriptions. Yes, and communications. Communicate like I, I love like the way that they're like doing an op. Yep. Every time they do an op, and you know they, they perfectly describe at least in, in my mind. Like it gets me. It's very visual in terms of like what they're saying, and then it. it I literally can you know, have this eidetic memory by listening to it and, and, and visualize like what is going on. Yep. And I don't know if I've ever had something like that, or maybe like the people they, they, in every of these books we read, there's a little bit of comms talk, but it's never like the, the amount of detail that these guys put into it. Yep. And it's not like overly, like it doesn't get annoying. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's, 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 everything's needed. It's necessary. Yeah. It, this, this book and their writing strikes to, to me, perfect balance in terms of writing style like ink within this genre yeah i can't agree more it's I, I love when the team is on the comms strategizing and talking in the fight and talking to mother i love how you know she's the intel person you always wonder how like the people on the intel are feeding that to the operators while they're downrange and i we're we're nobodies, right? I don't know any of the the comms or the mm-hmm. or, or the protocols and whatnot. But I feel like it's one of the most real that we've read. Like yeah. every book 
has someone talking to a team while they're on the ground or the guys mic'd up and kitted up and, and they're communicating downrange. But to me, this one just absolutely is on another level in how they get it right. And Andrews and Wilson are Navy guys uh, through and through. I don't, I don't know what branches. I forget about that. I don't think special forces even, but you know, between their connections, between their know-how and they're, they're just very smart, bright people, wherever they're getting their research, whoever they're talking to or whatever they know from their own personal experience is just blending perfectly together. So I think you can get a super, you know, I've recommended to a few of my military friends, Mitch Rapp and Brad Thor, and neither of them have like really liked it. Cause I think one, you, you know, Alex, Alex wants it to be all, he's Mr. Army and he's by the book, you know, he's a textbook kind of guy. He's, SOP is very important to him. And so he reads something like that and it's just like military light and it's not even like trying to get it right because Mitch was never in the military, but he he, had a, he didn't like it. And I was like, damn, he was somebody I really wanted to convince to like these books. Mm. But I think if you give him an Andrews and Wilson book, you, we should Carver. we should reach out to him and and give him you know we should give him a terminal list and give him Sons of Valor and see what he what he thinks. Yeah, I definitely think that's a play. I think I went wrong giving him. I think it was transfer of power. So, yeah, I, I, I they got it right. It was so exciting. And uh, you mentioned it heels. Yes, maybe we should call her Whitney. But let me tell you that nickname and the humor is perfect, especially when it comes after how did Chunk and Saw get their nicknames. And they're joking around. They're like, that's a story for another time. Right. And she's like, when can I earn my nickname? He's like, yeah, it takes a while, you know? It's gonna, you might not have one anytime soon, Heels. <laughs> exactly. They already had it. They already had it. Oh, they already had it. <laughs> yeah, no, and just the instant chemistry mm-hmm. that's built between them. And she's obviously, you know, this this crazy brain whiz analyst who can dig apart and 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 quickly analyze everything which is going to be you know when we get to my buy-in score like that's going to where i'm going to push back a little bit okay a little bit just in the in and i know like it's gotta everything's gotta fit you gotta tell the story but some of her like amazing maybe you know but maybe that's just what they're trying to build this like you know sherlock's holmesian you know Einstein How she untied the knot level. Yeah. I don't know. To me that it just, I wanted a little more development than seeing her genius before I just believe she was a genius. You know, okay. like that's, yeah. that was, that. that's like my, my, my only gripe. Like okay. the, the only thing that I would have to gripe about. I think that's valid. And I didn't even see that one. I really didn't. I think I was caught up in the moment as I would hope to be, you know, if a book's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, but, when you're reading it, but obviously like I'm trying to think about the score and like what I'm going to give yeah. it. And I'm thinking like, what, don't I love about this book? Is is there anything? And that when I was thinking about it, that was the only thing that really came up. I think again, yeah, if you think about it, that could come up. I'm I'm gonna agree with you. And unfortunately, I'm thinking that's half a point right there. Like sometimes we would write it off, and I'm usually the first person to be like, no, but this is book is so good in the moment. I didn't even think about it. Full credit. But it happens a little quickly, and, and especially if you think right away when she saw the explosion and she automatically jumped to, you know, this was a missile strike. It wasn't an IED. I could believe that, right? I'm sure an analyst sure. can be that good to look at the details. But then when she goes again, like, 
I think they have a drone operational. You know, right. that, that was a little too quick. So some things buy in, the, it's not a point, yeah. right? You're not, I'm no, not docking no, no, a point no, for this. No, no. But definitely it was one too many times what, that she put I guess, the pieces together. Yeah, like for me, when she's like, they have, or I guess they capture one, they capture the first um, operation base for the drone. Yeah. And then she immediately jumps to, but they have more. Like she's like something. Yeah. Bug- like, I think they have. They have more. Like what? Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like I, I, obviously it's a story. You got to tell it. Like, right. But there could have been one other nugget that got her there to make it more viable. You know. It's a little too. It's it's late. Like a little little too lazy in a sense. I I hear you. I, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna agree. Even later on when she's like, I think they might be able to go peak to peak and hand off the signal. Or, you know, when they're in the mobile command centers, they might have made these things mobile and they can hand it off, you know, from MCU to MCU. That might have also been just a little one of those. We're getting it too right, too quickly, too easily. What about timing? Now that I'm onto it, damn, you we're just going down this path, aren't we? <laughs> Do you feel the timing checks out? Early on, we get a little bit of a time jump between like the it's wedding. Three months. The whole thing, right? And I'm okay with the time jump from, like, the wedding to now, Mm -hmm. oh, he's established in England, right? Like, great. This is, like, the later on. But then is it too quick when he crosses over into Pakistan to when they're actually using and training and upgraded and souped up all these drones and got all the equipment they needed? And then how quickly they're able to patch into the U.S.'s system and use that as cover, right? They're like, we're just going to slip in and use their kind of signals and satellites and protocols and how quickly they're able to get the mobile command centers up and running. What about timing? Just just curious. How did that so, work for you? I think yes and no. I think like some of the things, like obviously Hamza had everything. He, he kind of had a plan. Yeah, like he had he, it ready. He knew everything. And then he just needed a drone, a drone expert, an engineer, you know, mm-hmm. who knows how to code these things is that a little too easy though Um, to have it all ready like that well i mean obviously he'd been planning it for a while because we go to the first op you know just right off the bat where they're attacking that boat the ship that was cool that was that was a really cool attack where obviously that's like one of the routes where he was you know potentially more weapons that were going to be going or more drone parts that were going what what was confusing to me right is that ishan shows up on his on his doorstep right you're right in England, yeah. And we had just had the scene where, like, his boss is like, "I need you to do this like yesterday." Yes, and yes. then he's able to take a holiday. He's like, gone. Maybe that's what I meant by timing. It didn't sit right that he was doing this whole thing, and he was just away from his life in England. Yet Hamza is still like, "Oh no, you're going to go back, and you're going to act like everything's normal." Although they wrote it off. Do you remember what Hamza said? He's like, Ishan was working to make you a cover story, and he has your travels posted to Facebook all about you going all over. I get that, but I don't, the getting there, like, oh, he shows up and says he's married, and you're going to come to my wedding. Like, okay, there should have been a scene where Kasim goes to his boss and says, I need to take a two-week vacation. I need some time, right. Because essentially, I think he was in Pakistan for two, three weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. long holiday, but he's also under this pressure to complete this project, like, ASAP. And he has a high stakes job at a big company. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, essentially North, the Northrop Grum- Grumman or, you know, uh, Lockheed Martin of, right. of Britain, right? Or, so. or is it, we're going to have to deal with that next book when he tries to reintegrate and that 
not again, I'm not saying anything about book two, but is that when you tackle it then of like, that's going to be part of the challenges of him reintegrating back to his normal life. I just would have thought like if it should have been addressed. Odds are the British government probably has tabs on this guy being a foreign national working for their top, you know, one of the top like defense contractors. Yeah. And then he makes a sudden trip to Afghanistan and then he uses a British passport to cross the Pakistani border. Like British intelligence got to be, you know, on they're that. slipping. They're slipping, bro. Like if, if it, you know, if not, then I don't know. It's just, again, there's little things like that. When you start to pull apart a little bit of the plot. Yeah, you're right. But here we're, we're just, we're trying to find. We're searching. Yeah. 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 We're searching. I don't think any of these things can really ding the book that much, but I, I will say, I think they're legitimate plotting kind of uh concerns yeah but besides that i think everything else with the plot like i think checks out all checks out you know um it's a very condensed like timeline but i guess like you know once he gets there he he immediately says all right well i need you to start this now like (laughs) and then then they're rolling they they get the first attack and then you know he even says he he was up for what 36 hours at a time like uh, to get this thing operational and then that, that first attack, like we got, we got to spend some time on the action in this book because sure, sure. Not only we kick it off with the the ship t- attack of the ship, yeah. Then we have various, you know, attacks on either you know the safe house, the the, the cave hangar, the cave. Oh, the cave. The cave scene was was badass. We even have the wedding. Would you consider that action when the drone oh, yeah. strike hits the, the father? I think like combo? every. Every even like the description of the drone strike on the U.S. military, like that's action esque, right? That's it's true. High stakes. It's suspenseful. Right. Um, it should be action slash. I should, we should change this category to action it's slash suspense. suspense. Yeah. But it all it's it's all perfect. And the description yeah. of the the pilots and like like you know, how they interact with with the team and like you know that's awesome. I you know I love a good uh, helicopter. I love a good um, absolutely airplane scene. Chunk's airplane gets gets shot down, right? Yeah, it's also a bit of uh, a sniper book with Saw. Saw's mm-hmm. God. I, I mean, Saw's I love every God. time Saw's in position. Or Odin. Saw's Odin. Saw's Odin. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we're gonna get even more into the depths of a sniper in, in the next book. Oh, Can't oh, wait. I love you. love a good sniper book. Dude. One of I, I will say like one of the best quotes from book two, which we're talking about snipers, so it's important, is. Someone says, what else are snipers for than to stoke fear? And that's perfect. I always think back to that. Um, what's that one sniper movie in World War II? Oh. Um, Enemy at the Gates? Enemy at the Gates. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Great, great movie. movie. Love that movie. movie. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I love Saw and guys, book two. If you're like Chris and having read it, oh my God, you're in for a treat. And I don't even want to say too much here on the pod, Chris, but have you gotten to... Some of the scenes involving Saw, the sniper stuff. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, just leave it at that. All I will say is if you liked Saw in this book and all that stuff, like, I'm so glad that there's more more coming. Oh, we didn't even mention the barbecue scene. How much fun is it? Oh, yeah. And that's part of Chunk's thing, right? Like, he's Mm -hmm. saying, I deeply care for not only these men, but what these men care for. You know, their spouses, their significant others, their kids, their homes. 
And you got to imagine that that barbecue scene is probably so reminiscent to so many veterans and just the bonds that they forged and the friends that they made. I love seeing those families kicking around in that barbecue scene. I, uh, they did the same thing in tier one. I remember with Dempsey. And I think that's a very important thing to put in the books. They even do it with uh dark intercept in the shepherd series. So it adds a layer of stakes and reality. Yes. You know, when you see these guys with their families, with their wives, with their spouses, with their random chicks they pick up, uh, <laughs> in in one of the one of the members' case, yep. but you know, it kind of like lets you know that these people are when you only see them or read about them in their element, you don't. And then, but you just like maybe they say something in their head. You don't like. You, you, it's kind of like detached, but like here, putting them in a scene with this, having Whitney being introduced you know she's becoming part of the family that they've yeah. set up in in this tampa facility speaking of the tampa of, yeah go ahead no i was gonna say that's part of chunk's leadership is letting yes. whitney know that you are this family now because he realizes she's no good if she feels like an outsider she feels like her work is undervalued and, and he needs to show her you know he doesn't just need to build her confidence at her job he needs to show her see these guys with their families i'll do anything for them and you're part of that. I'd do anything for you too. And we need you to do everything you can for us. And he knows as a leader, he's got to set that tone. It's just, it's just fucking brilliant. Dude, here's a quote. Had a little this, Southern draw come out there there. Oh, the Texas draw. I love how he also uses that. He plays that one up when he needs to lighten the mood. Yeah. He, he comes on heavy with his Texas draw when he realizes, you know, heels is getting a little shaken. It, it's great stuff. So here's, here's a quote. One of the only ones I wrote down and there could have been many more, but, I think we just needed one of why Chunk does what he does. And it's precisely what you and I are talking about here. He says, quote, I think this is when Whitney asked him, like, I told you a little bit about me and why I do what I do. How about you? Why do you do what you do? Where do you come from? And he says, I love this community. It's how I define myself. It's become my entire identity, and I want it that way. I love these men. I love operating. I can't think of anything in the world that would give me more satisfaction, sense of purpose, or pride of accomplishment than being a SEAL. In this job, I get to make a difference in the world every day. It's not just words on a t-shirt. And the people you see here today, not just the SEALs, but also the spouses, the kids, the significant others, they're my family. And now, so are you. And to hear... Perfect. Our man, Ray Porter. Ray Porter. That? Ooh, we have to talk about that. God, Ray. is he the best of the best? He's the GOAT. I'm saying it. He's the GOAT. The current GOAT? He, I I think he knocks off. George. George Goodell. I think George Goodell does some things extraordinarily well. I don't know if he has the range. I don't know if he differentiates voices as well as Ray Porter does. I think as an actor, as a voice actor, as someone who, who he just has a much wider range to do more voices and make them really distinct and unique. And it's incredible in this book, what he is able to pull off. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a pleasure like reading, having Ray Porter, like talk to you. It's, it's, it's amazing. His Hamza and Kasim yeah. are perfect. And then you need to switch over to a Texas boy and Whitney Watts. He does like the, I mean, his women all kind of sound the same. Yeah, yeah but he has like a you can he distinctly like you can tell like it's 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 crazy how he can switch between that back to uh, like yeah. either chunk or Riker. well how good and is then he? yeah and then going to 
like they have is it Gonzalez or uh Rodriguez they have like a, a Hispanic medic right and he's able to like you know throw that in there too like yep. just be able to pop, pop pop back and forth between these different like dialects that that these Americans have it's 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 pretty cool it's impressive really is you were going to say it's, something before though yeah to follow up on your quote it's it's pretty intense when you know Whitney shows up in her heels into this gravel lot like first of all that facility is pretty cool where the like it, facility, it's just yeah. like three three little trailers in a u shape but it actually like you take elevators like 50 feet down and yeah. and that's where like this whole big this tier one facility is at but when they get in one of the first thing he does and he even says like ray porter or uh, andrews wilson right like his his attitude changed like he became very serious when they look at the wall and oh, they, yeah. you know Whitney describes it as something similar to, you know, like the wall at the CIA with the stars. And she even mentions that, like, you you did that to me to show me, like, what all this is mean. Like, we have that to show, to remind us what we do this for, for our fallen soldiers. Yeah. And that was, that was I liked that. That was cool and, and a nice element that, that they added to it. Yeah. I 100% agreed. And there's even a, a couple of slight moves where dialogue also elevates that compound. I'm thinking when, was it Riker who picked up Whitney first and was driving her in? Yeah. I think it was Riker. He has some really, <laughs> they have some good dialogue there. And he's, uh, I don't think, as good as Chunk at welcoming her in or making her feel comfortable. You know, he's not the team leader. But he says to her something like, or she says something and he's like, what tier one compound? What do you mean special facility? I don't know anything about that. And then when they get inside, he's like, welcome to the tier one compound. She's like, I thought that didn't exist. And he's like, we're inside the gates now. And it just like outside the gates. It doesn't outside the gates. What are you talking about? Never heard of it. Once they're inside the gates, it's like a whole nother Riker and they're able to just flip that switch and, and stuff like that elevates where we're going and it elevates the excitement for what we're about to see. And I thought that a lot of dialogue like that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and even like you know when they're taking actions or you know doing these these hits or these uh, raids, they're they're very serious, obviously. Uh, but like, there's a little bit of humor when you know the various call signs. Like, oh yeah, pe- people get to choose. Like w- one time they were doing what <laughs> the whiskey wine wine varietals. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they did. Uh, I might be mixing it up, but one of the cases they do like a Marvel character. It's like yep. it's, it's it's pretty funny. So. Yep. Whiskey was my favorite one, though. That was great. Oh, man. The humor's great. It's perfectly balanced. It's perfectly thrown in. Yep. And then um, a couple other little side characters. Uh, Yi working with, with Heels is great. Captain Bowman being yeah. another one of the... You always need that slightly older, more experienced guy. Super serious guy. Super serious, but yeah, someone everybody is going to take orders from willingly. You know, you know he's competent. And then that CIA asset, Diebold, and his team really saves the day and even saves Whitney's life. And one sacrifices himself. I thought Oh, it that was, the hotel oh, scene. We got dude. Like, we I think we, we should probably transition to the scorecard and we could talk yeah. about some of these things, but that hotel scene is intense. Mm. Super intense. And it reminded me of I mean, she even mentions it like this we're gonna have a Benghazi on our hands. And it exactly, reminds right. me I don't know if you saw that movie. Um oh yeah, 13 hours. 13 hours. Yeah, um, it felt just like it. Yeah. Intense. 
or felt like the embassy hit, you know, right. 79 in Iran. You, like you just have this foreboding sense of something bad's going to happen here. It's also fun when she has to go to the meeting with the, with the secret squirrel guys and she's kind of on her own and chunks like, we'll be in a van outside. She's like, how did you not tell me that? You know, like, I feel so much better now, but they're, they all, and they have to role play at the hotel, you know, mm-hmm. acting as if they're a couple in a business, uh, on a business venture on a knock, as, as a knock as yeah. knocks. Yeah, exactly. So they're really doing a little bit of everything. It shows you these tier one seals are just more than door busters. They have to have another skill set. Yeah, and I was hoping that he kind of like ribs her and says that, you know, she has to work out with them and uh, run. She picks up she, on she, it. She pick, it. And I was hoping like he was going to force her to like continue to to run. Oh, and, how great and is work the run out scene? And, how and, great and is that? She pukes and he's like, isn't the PT opener? scene great when he yeah, wakes her up where he barges in and is like, get your shoes on, we're going running. Yeah, I don't run. <laughs> yep. But then they're able to use that as a learning moment to say, look, if you're with the team, you got to give it everything. That includes PT. We need you up and running at our speed. We're gonna we're gonna be out there, and you're embedded with us. And she's like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the job." Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> These conversations are great. Yeah, I'm good to transition to the scorecard here. Start breaking it down. Let's do it. What do you think about action, Mike? Can't beat it. It's got to. It's got to be attended. Absolutely be can't beat it. You cannot beat it. It's a ten. Uh, I'm going to go right ahead, say the same thing with the plot. You and I nitpicked it. I wouldn't, I don't think I would have come to those nitpicks on my own, especially when you're reading the book. You really have to think about them. And because of that, I'm only going to let it affect my buy-in score. So I mm-hmm. think the plot, if you think what they're doing with the villains, at the same time, what they're doing with the tier one team, the way they weave back and forth, and there's no real need to bring in a third storyline to complicate things. Yeah, it, I, I like that. I liked how it was crisp good enough. We it's, stayed it's, yep. with these two guys. Exactly. We, you know, and we're we're gonna stay with them. You know, that's it. Yep. Yet it's not simple at all. You know, no, you no, throw it's in very Diva, complicated. You, it's very complicated. You throw in Ishan not being what you thought he was. You don't need another storyline just for storyline's sake to make it seem like a deep thing. You have the depth. So tell that deep story with limited means and it and it flowed. So I'm giving it a 10 on plot. Yeah. And the final like the final like chase to the end scene where like they're yeah, chasing yeah. these these various cargo trucks and like that. That's awesome. And what what, what their helicopter goes down at, yep. at one point because this freaking with he has like a special surprise right Hamza says he has a surprise for them and what i guess they they don't know what's in this other why there's two trailers with this one exactly and when they're going the freaking gun pops out takes down their their thing but they're able to get who they think is hamza that and that little twist too like was was cool where like you because you're like oh we're getting like i guess you cut right from hamza talking to kasim saying we're gonna get out of here and then you cut to Chunk, and he captures, and the guy says, I'm Kasim, or uh, I says, I'm Hamza. And you're like, wait, what? I thought they just said they were yep. getting out of here. And then, like, yep. I think it's like either one or two chapters later where you cut to. He cuts right to it. The two of them in a car yep. or where whatever, and they got out of there. And you're like, oh, the guy, like, everything. And that's when you have the scene unfolding, understanding what Ishan was, like, yep. how he manipulated himself. Yeah. I love that little twist. You know, mm-hmm. it's a really well done twist. They, 
it paid off. Like they they did enough to make it so believable because Hamza the whole time is like, oh no, there's more plans, or oh, oh no, I have things figured out. He's always a step ahead, and so sure. when he's just taken and handcuffed, you're kind of like, oh great, they got him. That was yeah, I was confused. I was easy. I was confused. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he surrendered like that? I thought he was a true believer. He didn't have a vest on. You know, you're just kind of like, what? And then you immediately pull the rug right out from under you and subvert expectations. So they earned that. And they earned that twist. Some twists are not earned. Some twists are twists because it's in vogue, right? Like, it, it sells books. It gets people talking on social media. This was a nice twist that was in the playbook, a Hamza's playbook. Like, sure. it made sense. So are you rounding up to that 10 or... Well, what are you doing on plot? Because you you brought up you poked a few holes in this one. So. Yeah, since, yeah, since I poked a few holes, I got to yeah. stick with it. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna dock it a half a point and give it a nine point five. Yeah, 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 yeah. See that half a point for me is coming in buy-in. I think you're okay. right. We talked about it. I I do same for me. I do have to go to four and a half on buy-in for that. Yeah, so. same for me. Same for yeah. me. Not gonna double dock it though. But I but I could see why you would. I do. I can see it. Bad, Bad guys, guys and good guys, Chris. Uh, tell me. I don't think we have any options. Am I right? No, man, these are both these are both solid vibes. It's got like, be uh, we yeah. talked about how I love getting a villain origin story. Right. You know, and you know, I guess Kasim kind of starts out as not a bad guy and you see him perfectly develop into this, you know, future ultimately probably going to be like the future leader of of this organization alongside Hamza and you know, you throw in Hamza there this like snake oil salesman kind of figure who, who you know super intelligent like you said always thinking a step ahead you throw any sean who's secretly like the the mastermind behind all of this yeah no the, the the trio of them are perfect and then like you know like we said the good guys like saw Riker, chunk watts Yi, like the whole tier one team is just amazing it clicks like i love these guys and then you throw in all like the other like little characters that they meet like you said the the dia um agent what's his name um was that thebo thebold or something thebold thebold yeah, yeah 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 he's okay a, he's, he was dia gotcha dia yeah not cia yeah whatever they, the other techie what people they oh say? A, a, some fun fun some fun fun guy he was funny the techie dude I, I there was one scene where he like got a victory or something. I could just see him like that gamer, like so tied into his computer, and then just stands up and goes, "Yes, oh, you know, fun victory. time." His name is Fun Time. Yeah, fun yeah, Time. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Fun Time. Yeah, yeah. The Uyghur. The Uyghur. Yeah. Fun Time is a great name. That's fantastic. Yeah, dude. Five out of five on this. You said it. It's just perfect. And if you know, somehow even if you were going to go a little lower on bad guys let's just say someone was hitting that like four range that conversation with deba at the end mm. just gives if you didn't see it yet in the book it gives kasim that extra depth of of realism and i got to say it's it's a perfect five for bad guys and good guys wish we could go higher one of those moments i wish we can do sixes yeah setting curious what you're gonna say here you know i'm thinking of i'm thinking about this like you know besides like the complex you know like that was cool how did you feel about like where did you feel like you were in the the hindu kush it's not i felt that i've read books i'm i'm comparing this to the apostle where we were in afghanistan in those villages 
this is way more compartmentalized in the sense, yeah, we are in Afghanistan, we cross over to Pakistan. We don't really get to see the the village aspect. We're, we're more so just like hidden behind fences at military complexes, right? Yeah. Or in a hangar, right? Well, that's where Ashan and 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 Hamza and Gassim are the in, pretty much the entire time. I would argue two things there. Agree with you. It does those very well. The behind the sure. fences inside yeah. the base life. In what it does, it does good. But I, yeah. I didn't. I just didn't feel like I was. I don't know. I I I just can't justify a five. No, I I agree sense. with you. But I I'm also going to go only half a point down to sure. four and a half. Because what earns that half point back is one, the border crossing. Yeah, that that's the only time where I felt like they truly got the setting where mm-hmm. it like came off the page. You know? uh, yes. So that brought the whole Pakistan, Afghanistan area it brought it, you know, into color. I would also say the wedding. It happened early on, mm-hmm. but the wedding scene, you, you can see the flowing dresses, you know, you can smell the food, see the dancing going on. I think I'm going to go four and a half because of that, but it's very close to a five, but you're right. I think you're right. Maybe yeah, some of just, the operations, the hotel is like a four, eight, maybe, you know, like I kind of get where it is and what's going on, but it didn't have that edge. And same thing when they're doing the operation in that cliff, they're describing the coordinates and the geography and where they're escaping and, and the directions that they're going and, you know, what's over here, what's over there. But it was isolated. It didn't feel well-rounded or connected to other locations we've been to. So, uh, yeah, four or five for me. Or, like, even, you know, at the end, we're at, I guess they're at Jalalabad, and then they go to Kandahar, right? Yeah. We don't even get, like, a true description of, like, like what the, they just go to this random, you know, the spooky building on base. Like, yeah. that, that's what that's what uh, Chunk calls it. But getting a little bit more feel of, like, what that is. Um, yeah would have been i think would have elevated it and at the same time that happened a little quickly good that it was quick in terms of the action was propelling forward and happening but when the missiles were incoming that was a little if i'm gonna go back to plot and and try to wiggle out of that perfect 10 on plot it might have been intercepting the missiles at the end i kind of forgot about that what did you feel about oh you immediately read the chapter where they're like we're gonna we're gonna target kandahar and then they're like, oh, you got to go to Kandahar to meet this to meet like some uh, drone guys. Yeah, and then that oh shit, they're going to Kandahar. She's going to get uh, attacked. I think timing. Maybe that's another. Remember before yeah, I was trying in the beginning, to verbalize you were, you were, the timing. You were talking like that. It would just happen so fast. That's another example of it. I w- I couldn't think of it then. I was like, there was something else that rubbed me wrong, and it was that the same time they were already Hamza was like, we got to go. Let's launch these things. Let's get them in the air. We're also given time for heels and crew to get to Kandahar and go through the protocols and get everything checked out and get everyone on the horn and get up to speed and figure out this thing. I, I don't know if the timing totally checks. I think because of that, I, I got to revisit my plot score. I, I that's what I was trying to remember. And it, yeah, no, that's what it is. That I when I was reading it, that that was I was hanging up a little bit on that again. We're nitpicking, but you we know are. that's what we do here in the scorecard. So yeah, so nine and a half then. All right, all right, all right, all right. Cover. Ooh, this was the I, one. This was I was gonna. I had it. Um, mm. You gave this a five, like the because the the covers are very similar between three books. They are. They're almost the exact same. <laughs> I'll give it 
points for having to do with the story. We have a drone. Yes, yes. yes. We have an operator. We have a couple operators. We have some explosions. Definitely there was some explosions. But to me, this just screams like generic. Like to me, this would be a cover that would be given to like the Europeans. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when when we look at the myth trap novels and they just have like fighters on it, or the Ger- you know, like the German novels, right? Right, the German covers. Yes, yes. Uh, I have to agree with you, but whereas, like, I think about Tier One, right? Mm-hmm. The the and that cover is cool. Like, it has an operator and explosions, but it's there's something different about it. This is. To me, this is just like though so the, video gamey. Yeah, though the tier one cover you could also say is a generic. If you just go on a make me a cover dot com or whatever, you know, like <laughs> I just want to buy a cover from some artist who posts these things a dime a dozen. The tier one cover almost looks like it could be just one of those. Yeah, it's cool though. It's a cool design. I have to say the reason I I'm okay with the sons of valor one is twofold. I'm pretty sure this book was pushed as an E version as an audio book with Ray Porter. Primarily. I was just talking to you. I don't even know if there was a hardcover print besides the large print edition, which they probably wanted to make sure to have for accessibility purposes. I don't remember seeing a hardcover float around social media or anytime a sons of valor book comes out. Not too many people like holding it, posting with it. So I think if you're going for the ebook version of a cover, this is kind of the route you want to go. Sure. It works as a square format. You know, the audiobooks are usually that square. And then the other reason I, I want to give them credit is I they, do like the lettering on the Sons of Valor. The lettering is cool. It's almost like metallic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like on the side of a ship or, or a truck. The other thing, though, is this kitted out operator. I think it's a a symbol of their of tier one teams. I feel like they wanted to create that. They even had a T-shirt. They gave me a free one. Maybe that's why I'm, I want to give them some points here. And it had this operator. Kind yeah, of no, it black does. and white silhouette. Yeah, we have it. I have, he, they, they sent it to me, too. Yeah, you that got is, one, too. That T-shirt is cool. It's pretty badass. So you're almost creating an identity for the series with that. So... I kind of like the idea of, in this case, putting a kitted out operator front and center with all the high tech gear. You know, I, I I think it actually works for what they're trying to create and create a brand here. Okay, all I'm saying is it's not a five. It can't be a five. Question I'm dealing with is: is it a four? I was going to go there. I think it's like a three point five. I could understand a 3.5, but because I want to be generous for those reasons I just described, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it the four. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Okay. It's got yeah. the drone too. I, I really like how the drone. I do like right the here. drone. I like the drone on there. And and I like how we see the team. The radar. Advancing. And the radar. Yep. You know what I would, would if, I, if I could make a cover for this novel, if you could have like, radar and have like all like the little like drones like every drone that's like operating over yep like the middle east at a given time like what they saw at the kandahar base 
Yeah. Or have, I definitely, I would have a Trident, like a Navy SEAL Trident. Yeah. See, I, I don't want to play that uh, that armchair quarterback with this. I just want to appreciate the brand they're creating. And, and no, I have this to is say, their brand. This is their brand I'm, for I'm glad they they've stuck, stuck with, with it. it. They've stuck I'm with glad it. with all three books. I'll give them like bonus points it. for that in the future books. But it's, it's not my favorite format, but I like that it created a brand. It created an identity that they kept up with. So I got to sure. say, I, I don't want to ding it too hard because of that. Four. Four. Going four? I'm going three and a half. Okay. Four. Yeah. What's your what's your winner of the book? What's your free space? Dude, there's a million. I, there's a million a you could choose. Million from. ways to go with this. I have to pick I have to pick Kasim's journey. Mm, that's I a good one. I think it's really smart to make front and center and perhaps the most important thing happening in this story is understanding how someone like Kasim got to where he was at the end of the book and not shying away from it not hiding anything, not making it cheap, but going whole hog into what this man's world and worldview is like and, and understanding his point of view, I think, was dealt with very maturely. And sadly, because it, it creates radicalized terrorists who have a skill set to actually inflict a lot of harm on people, but I understand his worldview. And to make me say I understand his, his why he's doing what he does is pretty powerful. So I'm going with Kasim's journey. And I like what you said there. It's not cheap. It's um doing the work to build up this this villain, like in your they first book. Work. Instead of just introducing somebody. Yes. You know, you could have easily just had Hamza be the main villain. You know, and then a hundred percent. Kasim could have been just a random person that flew the drone. Right. Yeah. But to to put Upon. the work in to build this character up and, and we we go on we go on a journey with him. Um yeah. It, that's what elevates this book. Agreed. For me, I I gotta go Watts. I, yes. I gotta go. I gotta go Heels. Like she yes. is such a great character, funny, intelligent, smart. You know, obviously is the 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 bones. Like without her, you know, the tier one group wouldn't have been successful in their first ops. Wouldn't have been able to go on the, these these various ops. So even though I nitpicked her a little bit, in but it's not her. It's like Andrews and Wilson putting like these in 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 her voice. Um, so. She's definitely my winner. I'd be fine if if you call this a Whitney Watts book. Like, absolutely fine with that description. Yeah, like if if she was the main character and, and everybody else was around her, she she is. Well, I think Chunk's the main character. Uh, sure, but without her, his leadership and his story isn't. They're both. Isn't they're as both. I so I want to ask you this question. I I hope they don't get together. I I I, I don't want to see them. Yeah. yeah, have a romantic relationship. Yeah, I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. I agree. It, it, it's it's so good as a mentor mentee. It's like you don't you don't need it. You just don't need it. You don't want it, and you don't need it. So why do it? Like why even go? There? I know, like the way if you're if you're thinking about this as a screenwriter or whatever, you would have them. You know, they're av some somewhat adversarial in this first book. You have them come even closer, right. and then you know you finish with them. Getting together and then, you know, it's, uh, you know, but anyways. Or if your name is Brad Thor, yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I just, I like that they're friends. Like you said, this mentor mentee yep. and, and, uh, relationship. So, yep. And it, it's almost like a weird uncle, niece, brother, yeah. sister. Like it's, 
it's that kind not of quite father daughter, but like, not father daughter, uh, not quite brother sister, not quite. It's it's like an uncle niece kind of thing. It's more of like uncle niece, yeah, but yeah. they're close in age. You know, we're like, yeah. All right. So what are our totals here, Mike? Yeah. What does this come to? One and two and a half. If you could check the math, you're the doctor of the podcast. I'm definitely higher than you. I, I think I could. I believe that. But by how much? Only a half. Wow. I don't know how I did the math wrong. But I clock in at a 47 and a half. You clock in at a 47. Chris, those are some really, really good scores on the Thriller Pod scorecard. Yeah. Very good scores. I mean, this book was banging. So I knew, was was get, I, knew, I, I knew it was going to get a good score. 47, solid score. Is Dude. that the highest score we've given together? Since maybe ever or since what did we have? We haven't like done Mitch Rapp scores. Like a 48, 49. Besides Damascus Station. Yeah, we, we, we gave Damascus Station a high, high score. Any Jack Carr books? Okay, I did 47 on the terminal list, but you did 44 and a half. You did 47 and a half on Savage Sun, mm. but I did a little lower, 45 and a half. So combined this beats any jack car book we've done wow chris howdy books have not scored this well don benley book has not scored this well let's see we haven't um been this hype this hype hype praise uh what, what did dead fall get what do we give Dead fall dead fall was really good but you gave it okay close you gave it 47 i gave it 46 so that might mm. be that and takedown, 47 for me, 46 and a half for you. So so far the top Yeah, books, I would I would equivalent this to like how much I love takedown. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I'd agree. I would say it's a step below how much I love like a Memorial Day. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Damascus Station. But it's somewhere in that books we've covered on the podcast, it's in the A tier. It's like mm -hmm. A2, A3, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Top five right now of the highest Thriller Pod scorecard books ever. Put it that way. Yeah, I don't really have that many books. I think I have Memorial Day, American Assassin, Takedown, Lions maybe. I don't know. You want to hear something great? And I'm sure you're well into seeing I gotta I gotta throw in like Savage Sun. True, true. The second one is even better. It's even better. Yeah. Flat that's that's why when you told me that I even I, better. And when we leave on like the semi cliffhanger, I like, all right, here I go. I, yeah. I gotta read this. So yeah, I'm already twenty three chapters in. I can't wait to talk to you about that. And in just a couple of weeks, we get to do the third one together because I haven't even touched that one yet. Pumped for that. So next week, we'll be bringing you Sons of Valor 2. Violence of Action, which is a line at the very end of this one. Violence of Action. Chunk's talking to Whitney about why they do what they do, and it's not about fighting and killing. It's about defending and protecting. All right, we need to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always, just let Chunk 
be junk. And just let Watts be Watts. Yeah, there you go. You can do either or. Yeah. Can't have one without the other. Peanut butter and jelly, those two. Yeah, for sure. 